0: I'm on now. You got me? You really don't even need that. I'm pretty loud without it, as you probably already noticed from me. Uh, When you're Italian, you learn how to speak loud, yell, point at people. So this morning, I'm not yelling at anybody. I'm not pointing at anybody. I'm not rebuking anybody. I'm loving you. Amen? So be patient with me this morning as we sit here for the next two and a half hours and get into God's Word. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I'm not kidding, hallelujah. (laughs) I have a two-part message here, so I'm never probably going to come back after this, so I'm going to get both parts in this morning, amen? uh, Because as you know, your leader here, Dennis, says he, he invited me here this morning, I may never come back again, because I'm about to give you the word of God, hallelujah, I'm only kidding. But we're blessed to be here this morning, I have my beautiful wife with me here today, she wasn't here with me the last time, babe, stand up, say hello to everybody. You know, on our way here this morning, she said to me, she said, I'm looking over at the car. I said, what's the matter, hon? You, you don't look too happy this morning. She said, you know, I went and got cold cuts yesterday for today. I said, yeah. She goes, and I forgot to prove alone. I said, so you're upset over prove So in an Italian family, prove alone means a lot to us, you know, if you don't know about that. And her whole day was ruined this morning because of prove So with that being said, I'm blessed to be here this morning. I'm so happy if I greeted you this morning or hugged you or kissed you. Check your wallets because my past life, you wouldn't still have it if I was here 25 years ago. My background real quick is 25 years ago, I was a major drug addict. I was lost, bound, dying in drugs. I used to shoot needles in my arms. I went to prison for robbing a bank. So once again, check your pocketbooks if I greeted you this morning. And God somehow or another seemed fit in my life to do something different than I can't even believe what he did because I have no schooling, I have no college degree other than what I took for Bible college to become an ordained minister. But outside of that, I was lost and bound. I couldn't read right, I couldn't do things right. But somehow, God chose the foolish things of this world to dump down the wise. And I'm so blessed today because I sit on committees with the governor and the mayor of Connecticut and I sit and we try to figure out how to beat the epidemic for heroin. How to take out the things in the street that... That are out there killing people and taking people out, and I sit on these committees. I look around. And I'm sitting there with the mayor and the governor. I'm like, ha, ha, I can't believe I'm sitting here with these people. They're asking me for advice. It's incredible. I want to let you know this morning. If you're out there and you feel like you're nothing, God thinks you're a something. If you feel like you are in a place in your life where you don't know what you're going through, what your next move is, I'm telling you, God wants to let you know today that he has a purpose and a destiny for your life. Do you believe that this morning? Well, then when you can't give God a hand, give God a hand. It's not about me. Don't be afraid to clap for Jesus today because that's nothing to do with me. You're not clapping for me. You're clapping for the anointing of Jesus Christ because without him, I'm a nothing. I'm just somebody who knows something about God because God came and delivered my life from the worst of the worst of the worst. And in those 25 years of my misery, I would say to my wife, honey, why do you stay with me all these years? And she said to me, honey, I'm waiting for the real you to come back. You know, there's people in our life sometimes that we look at and we, we surround ourselves around and we feel like there's no hope. Somehow or another, I would ask you today to look in people's lives, that, how Jesus would look at them and see the good and not the bad. Look at the cup half full and not half empty. And I think as Christians in this world today, in the church, in the body of Christ, is how we're going to reach the lost and bound and hurting is loving them when nobody else does. Letting them know that God came for the sick and he didn't come for the well. That he came for the one that was lost, bound, and dying. It might not be addiction, it could be in anything in your life. That people might be going through, and your family members, your nephews, your nieces, your uncles, your, your mothers, your fathers. And just know that God has a purpose and plan this morning, amen? That's not my message, but that's just the introduction of what God wanted me to say this morning teaching each and every one of you. So now we're going to get into the two-hour part. Hallelujah. 26 pages. now, I'm <laughs> I want to just say by this, you know, I, I bring my wife up again because, you know, I met my wife in sixth grade, elementary school. She chased me around the baseball field all day long. (laughs) And you know, when I got into my mess and when I went to prison and uh, I went through some stuff in my life, you know, I remember being in jail and when I got out, it was like a movie. As I got out of prison, there was somebody waiting outside the prison gates in a white Eldorado. And my wife said, who's that? I said, don't worry about it. But for the whole time I was in prison, I was telling my wife, hey, listen, I'm never doing this again. I had money buried in the backyard from the bank robbery, you know, and all the whole deal, you know, the whole bad things in life. And, and when I walked out of the prison cell and I walked out into the street, it was like a movie. There was a guy sitting out there with a white Eldorado, around. And when he turned around to, and, and I said to my wife, hold on a second, let me get in the car. And the guy met me. He met me there to give me two ounces of cocaine and $5,000 cash to get my life started all over again. That was my start all over again. Only to find out that two months later I did all the cocaine, spent all the money, and the mafia was looking for me. Is anybody in the mafia this morning? I don't know if they're still looking for me. <laughs> but my name's not Gary DeRosa. It's Johnny Bujoni, No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> so anyway, as, as this took place, I was, remember being high one day in my room, and my wife knocked at the door, and at the knock at the door, there was a gentleman, and he said to my wife, Callie, he says, Hon, listen, we will never hurt you or the kids, but we want to let you know if you wake up one morning and there's a shoebox in front of your door, don't open. it. It's probably going to be your husband. I lived my life in fear, uh, into the world's terms and live my life in a place where I thought that I I, I couldn't get back together. And I entered a program called Teen Challenge in 1993. And I met Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And for the last 25 years of my life, I've been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with hope, purpose, and destiny because there's no fear when you have Jesus in your life. Amen? Give God a hand this morning. And this morning's word has to do with what I want to talk about. The reason why today I am where I am today and establishing the things that we try to establish in our lives is because I learned how to dress up. That's the title of the message. Do we have it up there? Don't need it. We titled the message Dress Up This Morning. There you go. Come on, somebody say Jesus. She's good. Somebody give the sound boot a hand this morning. Come on. Dana's been on me all week. That's Dana, right? She'd be me, we, have, we, we made this thing two months ago. She's been calling me every other week. Pastor, we need your scriptures. Pastor, we need your title. Pastor, we, she is a spirit of excellence. Amen? I'm so blessed. Where's, where's Dennis? Dennis, you got. I'm taking her today when I leave. <laughs> Dana, it's the red Chevy Cobalt. My wife's got the whole back seat ready for you. Amen? Your pocketbook's already in there. <laughs> Dennis was a kid, and we had have fun this morning, amen? <laughs> you love coming to God's house to fellowship, right? That's what it's all about. We come to church sometimes, we get stiff-necked, we get all these tight things, and oh, what's he going to say? Am I going to leave here beat up today? Oh, my God, I'm going to get in the car, and say, what? Everything he spoke about, I feel like I was beat with a baseball bat. Church is not a church to come to, but other than to be encouraged, uplifted, and loved. You walk out of service in the morning, you get in the car and you feel like you've been beaten and battered and you went to the wrong service. God is a God of love and encouragement and a God of hope and destiny. My whole life I've sat in some churches and I, and I would leave and say, wow, he speak to me today. But man, I got home and I was depressed. I was oppressed. The whole week I started thinking about all the things that I should be doing right. And everything that I was doing wrong. The wrong somehow outweighed the Right. And if you look at things that way in life, it always will be. Because this flesh thinks. It is what it is. It has desires that sometimes we don't even know where it comes from. It's the sin in our lives that we were created in. So this morning, I, I, I titled this message, Dress Up. And it's really, I'm talking about the armor of God. And I don't want to share with you this morning this principle. If I asked this morning, and don't raise your hands, I don't want anybody to raise their hands, I don't want anybody to put on the spot, that how many people woke up this morning and when they got dressed, Put the armor of God on. I would say probably 90% would say no. We read the Scripture. We understand the Scripture. We understand what God asks us to do. But somehow or another, we don't do it. It's just a simple thing. It's not that you're wrong or you're in sin or you're going to go to, you know. It has nothing to do with that. This morning's message is to help build you up for the times and places in your life where God wants to let you know that if you dress up and you put on your armor in the morning, I'm telling you, your life will change. The enemy will have no dominion over your life. The things in your life that you're going through will be taken over by the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ. Because you dress up with the peace, the truth, and, and the buckle of truth and all the things that the armor asks us to do. And this is where we have this one. There's two worlds we operate in. The physical world, the world the world we live in, the world we see, and the world we know. Then there's an invisible world, the world that we cannot see, that resides within the spiritual realm and in heavenly places. The Bible says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. It talks about the heavenly places. We look at things in the natural today and we believe like, oh my God, my bills are too much. Oh my God, my wife's aggravating me this week. I didn't just say that, but she aggravates me every week. No, I'm only kidding. But it is what it is. There's truth in that. There comes a time in our life where we look at things in the natural. Meanwhile, in the heavenly places, God's got everything in order. We focus on the things in the natural instead of focusing on the things in the heavenly places. You know, Paul speaks about it the best. He he has a special language that he used throughout this book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, "...who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places." Chapter 1, verse 20 says, When he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father, he seated him in heavenly places. Chapter 2, verse 6, and raised up together and made us to made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you know that when Jesus Christ comes into your life, he sits you in heavenly places? He sits you in heavenly places. He doesn't sit you in the muck and mire. He doesn't sit you in oppression. He sits you in heavenly places. Let me tell you something. Heavenly places is, is where spiritual warfare takes place. Oh, man, if you're not loaded up with your armor, and if you're not dressed in the morning to go out, every day you step out of your bed. I'm not trying to bring fear on everybody, but I'm going to tell you this. When you're a body and you're a believer of Jesus Christ, every day when you wake up, the enemy's one purpose, one person only, is to figure out how to take you out. That's his gold. It's a war. It's a war. We're in a war. But we won. (laughs) We won 2,000 years ago. Right here. He's not on the cross. He's in you. He's in me. He's in the heavenly places to fight our battles. Chapter 3, verse 10 to the intent that now manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities. Now, listen, today I'm trying to install what chapter 3, verse 10 says some wisdom, some understanding about what your life is really represents and what it's really all about. Oh, we're in this beautiful church, this beautiful building, but you're the true church. You'll make the difference every day you walk out of here. So Pastor, I'm going to call him Pastor because I, 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 he doesn't like to say that, but I'm going to because he's a shepherd and he leaves flocks. Pastor Dennis comes in here and establishes things in this church only so that you can leave here and produce what he's pouring into your life. It means nothing if you come here every Sunday and then leave and do the same old, same old. Change makes change. When you put on the full armor of God, oh, 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 you're going to make some change to the enemy. He's going to know what happened to you. He's going to go, oh oh, this guy's dressed up this morning. And I am dressed up and I do look very good this morning. (laughs) I put this ridiculous thing on just for you, Dennis. Remember my cousin Vinny? It's not a good movie. If you're watching on a regular channel, there's no cursing. It's a good movie. The other stuff I can't, you know, me and my wife, we don't watch anything on our TV. As soon as we hear one bad way, we're like bink, bink, bink. Lately, it's just been like big, 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 big. You can't even watch regular TV anymore. Every other word is another word that I don't like to say. Let me say this we get the impression that everything is going on there in heavenly places. You know what? It's happening in the heavenly places. It's happening. Listen, it's happening. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and his mission is to sit at the right hand of the Father. And every single day when you go to prayer, he sits, and he says, Hey, Pop, Gary's going through it again. He can't do it anymore. He's ready to surrender. He's ready to give up. What are we going to do for him? And he's like, Son, I got this. He's going through the process. I don't know, Pop. You better get this process quick because this guy's ready to jump off the roof. There's been many times in my life I felt like jumping off the roof, even as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I always told people that if I ever spoke and preached and, and be a minister of the gospel for the last 25 years, that who I would be there, I would be up here because I'm no different than anyone of you uh, other than, quote, unquote, a title. <laughs> <laughs> Truth of the matter is, I go through every stinking thing I'm going to say stinking, every stinking thing that you go through in life, that everything that you struggle, everything purpose that you have, and everything that the enemy wants to come against you, he comes against me, and he comes against leaders too. You know, this is a facade, this jacket, and how I look this morning is really a facade to the things that I go through in life. It looks good on the outside, but on the inside, I battle daily. Paul said, I fight daily, right? He said it. Here's a man who people healed in the shadow. He did major miracles as well, but every day he said, I fight. You know, and it's not a fight to worry. I'm not telling the church this morning to be like, oh my God, I got to get up this morning. Pastor Gary said, we got to fight today. <laughs> my wife was fighting over Provolone. <laughs> she got in that car this morning. She looked like the battle was against her. I'm like, what do you look like? I yelled at her. It looked like we had a major fight. Her mind, her glasses were in her hand, and she was like, I'm like, babe, what? You okay? Yeah. What's the matter? Forgot to prove alone. That's right. I'm on you today. <laughs> you know, this is the only time I can do this to my wife and get away with it because you can't say nothing back. <laughs> when you're a husband, you got to know when to take advantage of this stuff. <laughs> Later on, it won't be too good. But then again, I can get on my Harley and just scoot away. <laughs> Would you say, Broom. I didn't hear you, Broom. I'm like it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Heavenly places where all is, is where all this is coming from. Everything physical and invisible is controlled by something in the spiritual world. In heavenly places, our ability to address the unseen realm will determine how victorious, how empowered, and how authoritative you are in this world and in this life. Let me say that again. Our ability to address the unseen realm will determine how victorious, how empowered, how authoritative you are in this world and in this life. It's not about the things we see. It's about the things we don't see. You know, Job probably couldn't figure out, what the heck is going on? I serve my father. I serve God. I'm faithful. And every day there's something else happening in my life. And somehow or another, the devil went to God and said, give me your your servant, Job. Let me tell you something. For years, I think, I'm praying that God would tell the enemy, no, you can't have him anymore. (laughs) Because every day, I feel like God is saying, the devil's going to Jesus and saying, can I have your servant, Gary. And I'm like, the other morning, I woke up and said, God, stop giving me to him. I need to promise. <laughs> but God wants to do something in me and through me. And knowing that I have the armor of God and I'm protected by anything, because God will never let any harm or danger come to you when you dress up in him. That's who he's all about. We're in a battle, a spiritual warfare. Every source has come from the armor of God that is given to us, the church, by God, to equip us to live in this world with authority. You have authority. Just think about this. You wake up this morning, we all come to church, and nobody puts clothes on. (laughs) You wouldn't be looking at me right now too good. (laughs) My belly, you know, I'm only kidding. But the truth of the matter is, think about that for one second in the natural. And I want you to really think about that. You woke up this morning. Nobody decided to put clothes on. You got in your car and you went to church. The people in the store would be like, "Oh my God, what's, what's this?" Oh my God, they would be startled by you walking around undressed. Same thing in the spiritual realm. The devil is startled when you put on the full armor of God. When you put on the full armor of God and you walk out of your house in the morning, the devil's like, oh, I don't want nothing to do with Gary. I don't want nothing to do with. God. I don't want nothing to do with Dennis. I don't want nothing to do with Oasis." Look at them, they're dressed up, they get, he gets taken back. But when we're undressed in the spiritual realm, when we're undressed in the armor of God, listen, I want to let you know that you are just nothing but a plate ready for the devil to eat upon. The Bible says specifically, put on the full armor of God. It doesn't say, once a, it doesn't say every other day, once a month. It says everyday. Day, put on the full armor of God. I'm trying to teach you here something this morning, people, because, you know, I've been preaching this message in churches, and and I get opportunities. You know, I have a church in Bristol, but I'm an evangelist by heart. I had an opportunity to speak in Long Island this week to a 1,000 people in a bar, (laughs) in a bar. Crime stoppers, DEAs, um, Suffolk County Police Department. A young man died of an overdose on uh, 7-9 of July, July 9th of this year. Family members were loaded with T-shirts. My nephew was there playing. He plays for Billy Joe, believe it or not. He sings for him. And um, he's in, the, in his band. And, and he did a benefit. And he asked them if they would do a benefit. So they called me up and they said, Pastor, would you love to come and speak? And I'm like, that's in a bar. They're drinking. Everything sounded wrong. But I heard God said, you go. I sat with the sick. And my disciples said the same thing. What are you doing in there with them? So I went, had an opportunity to speak. And as I spoke, I went nuts, as you probably could imagine. And as I went nuts, the crowd got quiet. I said, you know what the problem is with the world today? Is that we pray for the war, we pray for the soldiers, we pray for the veterans, but there's a war right here going on. With heroin and everything else, but we don't pray for that. So we're here today in a club. We're in a bar. I'm a pastor from Connecticut that has come out here to do what? The only thing I can do for you here tonight is pray. They all had their drinks in their hands. (laughs) They're like, oh, my God. This guy's going to pray right now. (laughs) You know, i seen the one lady put the drink down. She got in a prayer mode, you know. I got done praying. I looked. She picked the drink back up. Honey! (laughs) (laughs) Missed the whole thing. But for that one moment, I had the claim and the power and the anointing to pour Jesus over that whole place. And I said, for every life in me, I claim the blood of Jesus over your lives. Man, it was like you could have dropped a a, a thing. The sound was like incredible. It was so quiet. It was scary. And that's why I got done saying that, man. I got off the stage and I went up to my wife and I said, You know what, on how to go. She says, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> she goes, like you always do. She said, I don't know what you're gonna say. Because you kept saying, What are you gonna say tonight? I said, I don't know, whatever God tells me to say. <laughs> I had nothing written down. I just knew I was gonna wing it. And I oh, okay, I winged it all right. I was yelling at Crime Stoppers, I was yelling at Suffolk County, I was yelling at everybody that's doing heroin. I was yelling at everybody, but loving them in the same sense for Jesus. I believe today we show who we are in Christ when we put on the full armor of God. When we exemplify truth, peace, and righteousness. When somebody looks at you and says, "Old man, this man, there's something different about him. When you walk out and something's going wrong in your life and you step out and everything just parts, all your problems, all your worries, all your oppression, all your depression, everything parts because you woke up and the first thing you did when you got out of bed and you put your foot down, you said, Lord, as you put your pants on, you dressed yourself. When you put your shoes on, you dressed yourself. You know, I conditioned myself that every morning when I wake up, the first thing I do, I don't even know how I do this, and this is incredible. And I'm not bragging, but I got to tell you something. I don't know how I do this. As soon as my eye is open, my wife will tell you, the first thing I say is, good morning, Dad. I don't, my first breath, my eyes open, and I'm like, good morning, Dad. I don't know how that happens. I don't try to think about doing it. I don't try to make it happen. It's just every morning I wake up in the first. And then my next thing is, when I get off my bed and put my feet down, is I don't ask for anything. Here's my next prayer. Lord, what can I do for you today? What can I do for you today? I don't want nothing. Oh, do I need help? Oh, absolutely. Do I need prayer for my children? Absolutely. Do I need prayer for my finances? Absolutely. But the first thing I say to God is, it's not about me. What can I do for you? You know, people, when you make God... And you want to be a soldier in the army of God, and you want to put on this full armor today, and you want to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, what can I do for you? I'm telling you, your finances will be there, your health will be there, your wealth will be there, your prosperity will be there, your purpose and your destiny God will give to you, your calling will excel. And everything in your life that you might think is a problem now will just dissipate and be gone. Because you stepped into the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is where everything rides. It's in, it's, in, it's in heavenly places. Living in spiritual victory is what God has called the church to do. God is, gets the armor, but he doesn't put it on us. <laughs> he instructs us to put on a full armor, of God. He gives it, but he doesn't force you to use it. I thought you loved God. <laughs> free will is incredible. Sometimes I wish you had me like a puppet, because I'd rather not do the things I do. <laughs> Sometimes free will gets me in trouble. Does anybody ever get in trouble with your own free will? Thank you. I don't feel alone in here today. I feel very good. (laughs) Because free will sometimes gets me in trouble. It really, really does. I like with the problem when I go home today, I'm in trouble. So to hear or read about the full armor of God really means nothing if we don't use it. I got an illustration there. It's like a doctor handing you medicine. But until you must take it, you will not benefit from it. (laughs) You know, I have high blood pressure. I wonder why. <laughs> so the doctor kept upping it. And I kept not taking it. So every week I go back, he goes, Wow, blood pressure's still up there. I'm like, Really? Let me up it again. I'm like, I'm not taking this because I didn't even take the last few. I take this, who knows what's going to happen. He thinks I'm keep going up. I haven't even taken it, so I'm still here, you know? That's past drug addict thinking, you know, you know that if anything too much could take you to another place. So I, I, I get the medication and I don't take it. But somehow or another, I wake up in the morning, I got a headache. I got a headache at night. I start reading about it. My blood pressure gives you a headache, gets you strokes. I'm like, ooh, I think I better take the medication. <laughs> you see me. I could be right here. Two seconds later, I'm on the floor and you guys are calling the, <laughs> the emergency room for me. Call 911. I think I'm going down. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is just truth in that right? Think about it. There's things in our lives that, that help the physical body that sometimes we ignore. Same thing in the spiritual. If you don't put on a full armor, you got no protection. You're walking around like I said. with nothing on. People looking and understanding that you're no different than the next person. When you put on the full armor, God, you separate yourself from the world. You look at the spiritual realm. You know how to be more humble and more peaceful and more relaxing. Can everybody say this morning, dress up? Dress up. Say it again. Dress up. Come on, man. I'm telling you this week, when you wake up, what you're going to hear is dress up. Dress up. And you're going to hear it like I say it. <laughs> Second thing we learn. I got 20 more after this. Second thing we learn. Paul divides the armor into two categories of three introduced by two different verbs. One, he uses the verb to be. The other one, he uses the verb to take. Relates to the state you should always be in. Take relates to what you use and as you need in basis. Illustration number two I have here. It's like a baseball player. He has on his uniform for the whole game because that's the state he's in. The New York, I'm not mentioning anything about the Red Sox, so forget about that right now. I'm going Yankees and Mets, because that's I'm from New York. Hallelujah, Jesus. (laughs) If anybody gets up and walks out, somebody block the door. Where's the big guy? Ramon, go over there, block that door right now. It's like a baseball player. You don't wear the New York Yankee outfit and join and go to the Boston Red Sox and get on that team and go out on the field and play shortstops with a Yankee outfit on. First of all, you'll get killed. And number two, It just doesn't fit. He only picks up the bat when it's time for him to hit. He doesn't go to the bat with his glove and try to swing his glove to hit the bat. He doesn't go on the field and try to catch the ball with a baseball bat. That's not what he does. He always dresses up, he always picks up the certain pieces. That is needed. Somebody say dress up. up. I'm telling you this morning, you got to get this. God wants this for the church. I was going to preach the message, pivot into the favor of God. And I wanted everybody to know that God had a favor, the favor of God was upon you. And that God was going to pivot you into the favor of God. I had it all set up, all ready to go. And God said, no, man, you go there like you preached last Sunday in your church. And you tell my people, dress up. The war is real. I'm going to get emotional. The war is real. And everything out there in that stinking world today is looking to take you out. Because you're a son and a daughter of Jesus. And the devil doesn't like that. The world doesn't like that. You can't even say the name of Jesus. That's why this week when I had the opportunity to go to that club, I couldn't wait to say, Jesus! I said I like that too. Jesus! They must have thought of I don't want to say the, the retarded word. I started, this guy's out of his mind. <laughs> you know, I got a confession to make. I was at a church one time, and I, I don't use that word retarded anymore because um, I used to work in the ministry, and a lot of times I would say to the guys, Are you retarded? Back to doing drugs. Are you, re-? you know, and it became like a f- language to me. And it really wasn't edifying, it really wasn't encouraging, and it really wasn't uplifting. You call somebody a retard, right? I'm in a church, big church in Long Island. I got an opportunity to preach, like coming here. So Dennis will never have me back after this. And anyway, I, so I, well, at least I can get it out. So anyway, I'm in Assembly of God Church. And um, I said Assembly of God Church for a reason. I'm in Assembly of God Church. And, and while I'm there, I'm preaching. And, and, and I used the word retarded a few times. And, and I've never learned to use it again. And um, as I'm a, as a ministering, and I'm ministering, people are crying. You know, it's, it's great service. I get a phone call about a week later from the pastor. He wasn't there, and he must have looked at the video because I was on TV, and he looked at the video, and he said, can I love you a little bit? As soon as he said that, I knew, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Can I love you a little bit? I'm like, ah, here comes the rebuke. Guy went like, go ahead, smack it, I'm in trouble. And he took the paddle out, and he said to me, he said, Pastor Gary, incredible word. But uh, you used the word retardation a few times, and you know, uh, some people got up and left. I thought, I seen him get up and leave, and I thought it was, they had to go somewhere. <laughs> Thank God nobody's left yet. <laughs> Ramon, get the door. <laughs> so anyway, as I'm saying this for a reason, so anyway, as I, as I got done, as he told me all of this, I, he comes to tell me at the end of the whole rebuke, we just started a mentally challenged kids group in our church. And I'm yelling out the word retarded. People got offended. And so they should have. So what do I mean by that? <sighs> There's lessons to be learned. You know, you never arrive. You know, you always make mistakes, even as the body of Christ. So what did I do? When he, when he embraced me with that, did I push it away or did I embrace it? I embraced it. I was able to learn something different about myself. Why was I able to learn it? Because it was done to me in love. And not only that, because I had the armor of God on. I understand what the peace and the righteousness and the truth was going to do for my life. You know, a lot of times you can't receive something because you don't have the armor of God on. The armor of God is just not a defensive battle. (laughs) It's offensive, too. When somebody can tell you something that you might not like to hear, but you know you really need to hear it, (laughs) how many of you have gone through that? (laughs) Don't raise your hands. (laughs) But... You know, and you don't feel like you needed to hear it or that it, wasn't, it was done and just, but somehow or another, you receive it. You could receive it well, even if it's not right because you know God will vindicate you, because you learned how to receive it because you walk in peace. You walk in truth. You walk in righteousness. You walk in the word of the full armor of God and what the full armor of God really represents. It's the day when your number has come up, and all of a sudden, the day, God somehow or another tells the enemy, you can have him today. <laughs> Those days are coming. They come to me. And the enemy has to decide to launch an offense against you. And his attack sometimes to destroy your marriage, to destroy your ministry, to discourage your dreams, to unravel your finances, to destroy your testimony, to tempt you with your past. Nothing will prove to you or to me where we stand spiritually anymore than how we respond on the day of attack. Let me say that again. Nothing will prove to you or me where we stand spiritually anymore until the day of an attack. It's easy to love and serve the Lord when there's no assault. But <laughs> well, what do you do in the day when the attack comes? The day of assault, the day of attack. How you express your authority. How you fight the battle. Will you determine the level of victory in your walk? And it will also determine the power and the voice of the church That it has in this world. You know, the world needs to hear the voice of this church. You know, I walked in here today, and I wasn't kidding. Where's where's wisdom, my man? Stand up a second. What's your name again, sir? Mike. Mike, This man is so handsome. Look at him. He looks like Moses. (laughs) Here, give him a hand. Stand, Mike. I'm not done. Stand up. (laughs) So I walked in, and he had the thing all ready for me. He was like, got to put this on you. And I looked at him and I said, you are handsome. And he looked at me like, okay, who did Dennis got here today? You know, I said, Mike, you're handsome. And his shirt and the way he presented me, I'm going to cry, was love. was love. There was a peace, there was a truth, there was a righteousness all over him that I seen as a glow. And I knew that, wow, what a great leader of the church. You can sit, Mike. I love you. Give Mike a hand. Then I ran into the ladies. They're the best. I get to kiss all the ladies. Not too many pastors could say that and get away with it. I'm a pastor that when my the, the congress come to my church, I'm kissing everybody. And you know, today's day, you know, you gotta be very careful of all of that. But this church is family. When you when you go home and somebody comes over your house, and I'm Italian, so I kiss everybody. I don't know I kissed Frankie this morning. I kissed Frank before I kissed his wife. That's unusual. But I didn't know Frank. I didn't want Frank to beat me up. So I kissed (laughs) Frank first. (sighs) Haven't met Dennis' wife yet. She's due for like two or three. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is, when you come into a facility like this, and you walk in, and you're greeted with love, and you're greeted with that spirit and that presence, it dresses me up. I come in, and everything that I was thinking coming here, the, 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 the presence and the love and the anointing of God just facilitates and blesses me. I walked in here, my wife was smiling. She sat down, she said, This is a great church. I said, You want to start coming here? <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, we'll just get somebody else to preach at our church, and we'll come here. You know what I mean? I'll do some jokes, and we'll, we'll, we'll be every week we'll get up, do a little, little act, and, and we'll be good to go. But the truth of the matter is, there's truth in that. You know, I walked in here, and I'm like, how could you not want to come here? People are missing it. They're missing it. Who's ever in Cheshire, who's ever in this area and is not coming to this church has missed it. You know, Dennis said this today. He's up here and he turned around and he said, so what happened this week? He's like, come on, you know, you go into a church today. It's like, it's almost like, I don't want to say Catholic, but it's almost like stand up, sit down, two songs, offering, tithes, let's go. Three verses, six verses, 15 minutes, church is over, bye-bye, see you next Sunday. You don't get that here. Greeting people, hugging people, kissing people. You know, it's just, it's just, I kissed them. It's four times from the foyer to the church. He finally looked at me. and said, okay, that's enough. No, he didn't. He said, give me more, baby. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I had to tell him I was dressed up. (laughs) Uh, We are blessed this morning. But be blessed. Be blessed in would you have here in this church. Be blessed in what God has given this church. You know, it's not the number of the church, it's the quality of the church. Let me say that again. It's not the number of the church, it's the quality of the church. And there's quality here in each and every individual that's in this place. Everybody, I can look around and I see beauty in every one of you. You know why? Because I see the beauty of God. And I'm not just saying that to say that this morning. I mean that. I see the beauty of God. I see purpose and destiny in each and every one of you because I see God dressing you up. I see God telling you to put on the full armor of God. I see God taking this church to another level when we leave here today, understanding the fact that tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and you're going to remember to dress up. You're going to remember every day from here on out that every day when you wake up, you're going to put on that full armor of God because 90% of us probably don't do it at all. But somehow or another, those things aggravate me. But some, and I'm Italian, I could say that. But somehow or another, Some or another, God wants you to understand one thing, that you need to dress up. You need to dress up. There's stuff you may be going through in your life and it's because you're not dressing up. It's just a simple thing. Just like you put your clothes on, you put the armor on. It's no different. As you dress in the morning, just put on the pieces of God. As you put your shirt on, put on the shield of faith. you put your, feet, your shoes on, put on the sandals of truth, right? You, you, put, you put all that stuff on. As you walk out the door, your heart is the sword of the spirit. You need to have the word of the heart. The word of God needs to be written on the tablet of your heart, right? So when the enemy, I got four verses that I use every day in my life. I'm going to give them to you. I could do all things through Christ's strength to me. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, who the Son sets free is free indeed. And God has given me the power and authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome the power of the enemy and nothing can harm me. Those are four verses I use daily in my life when the devil comes at me. You're a liar. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're a liar. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You're a liar who the Son sets free is free indeed when my past comes up. You're a liar. He's given me the power and authority to tramp. Luke 10, 19, the power and authority to tramp on snakes to call me. That nothing he's given you, not the pastor. He's given you. Each and every one of you through the power of his Holy Spirit and the anointing of God over your life. That nothing can harm you, but you gotta be. Come on, say it again you got to be dressed up. If you're not, and I don't mean to say this wrong, so please, I don't want anybody to think of anybody new. If you're not, you're walking around naked in a spiritual sense. You're vulnerable. Truth. I'm bringing truth here this morning. I'm almost done. i got one more page, guys. Let me see. Let me make sure. Yep, that's it. I go to part two. (laughs) Ha ha. I'm not doing part two. Let me share this with you. I preached this last week at my church. and have somebody ministering this morning because I made a commitment here. And I said, you know, so next week when I go back, I'll preach part two. But um, I, I know that when it was for my house, I know it's for God's house. Because my house is no more than God's house. When Bobby says, we're many members, we're one body in the body of Christ, right? So Oasis is an arm and a hand to the, to the kingdom, to my life. Me and Dennis, so I've, I've become friends, even though you don't take me fishing. Don't laugh at that because he's going to get a fresh one when I leave here today. If you don't know what a fresh one it is, like, that's a fresh one in Italian. I'm the only kid, mommy. I'm not going to give him a fresh one. Paul uses the Roman soldiers' equipment to teach us spiritual principle. Six pieces of armor. And these are all you need, and they work. Let me share what doesn't work. Church theology doesn't work. Human opinion doesn't work. Human philosophy doesn't work. Human perspective doesn't work. Positive thinking doesn't work. These six pieces of the armor of God don't need to be dipped into something that sounds sweet. Ah, That has no power or authority or used on the day of the attack. It's the day you want something that works. Last illustration. It's like a candy apple. An apple has a lot of nutritional value in it. A lot. A lot. But we're told when we eat an apple dipped in liquid sugar, the liquid sugar cancels out all the nutritional value that the apple was designed to have. When you begin to try to figure out how things are done, when you begin to try to put sweetness around your life without the Holy Spirit, without the armor of God, I'm telling you, you lose all the power and the nutrition of God's Word in your life. You need to be covered in Jesus. You need to be covered in God's Word. You need to be covered in the truth. You need to be covered in the righteousness. You need to be covered in the peace. You need to be covered in the shield of faith. You need to be covered in the helmet of salvation. Why the helmet of salvation? Why? Why? Because it protects the battle of the mind. The Bible says the the enemy comes, the battles of the mind. This time and time again in my life that this stinking thinking, (laughs) I like to decapitate my head. I really wouldn't want to do that. But anyway, I would like to just, because this sometimes this mind takes me to a place that I say, how am I even thinking that? You know, I had a pastor friend of mine. We're sitting at a a, a Times Square church one time, time, Dennis, in in New York City. I don't know if you know David Wilkerson. Times Square Church, big church in in New York City. And he, he was sitting there, and out of nowhere, nowhere, he starts to cry. 25 years in ministry. I hit him. I go, what's the matter? He goes, I'm here praising God, worshiping. And the most perverted thought just went through my mind. That's his path. Somehow or another, somehow or another, the devil's not a respecter person. He's going to get you right when you think everything's good. He's going to all of a sudden pop something in because somehow or another, that man of God, forgot to put on his helmet of salvation. I will not leave my house in the morning without the full armor of God. And I've been doing this for years. Oh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> There's a lot of times I feel like the armor doesn't work. I'm gonna be real with you. You're gonna wake up tomorrow morning. You're gonna dress up, and until the end of the day, you're gonna. Like, I don't know. It didn't seem any different than yesterday. But you dressed up. The more you do what God's word has asked us to do, the more God's gonna to give to you. The helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. I'm gonna end with that. I'm blessed to be here this morning to tell each and every one of you. you usually end at 11.30? Is that usually the time you guys end? Eh, whenever? Okay, part two. They're, my church is glad I'm not there today because somehow or another, I'm like, a, I go, I go for I start with my message, and in the middle of all my writing and the things that I study, I'm like over here somewhere, and like I come all the way back again, and I'm like, okay, where was I? And then it's like 45 minutes later, so one of my congregants sent to me the other day, Pastor, I think you're speaking a little bit too long. I said, I think you're in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> right. Huh? Huh? Go to Oasis. <laughs> 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 They're coming from Waterbury anyway. They got just passed by. <laughs> the truth of the matter is this. Is that on my way here this morning, I kid around and I goof and sometimes I preach and have one lady say to me one time at the end of the service, she said, "Pastor." It was really great this morning, but I don't know if i seen a comedian or if I heard God's word. I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, you were so funny. I said, well, at least you got something out of the service. <laughs> if I made you laugh, then that's great. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know what I mean? But this morning, if there's anything that I can leave you with as I leave here today, is leave you with dress up. I came here this morning to tell this church and every other church, I'm preaching in another church in another week. I'm really in advance. Like I said, for 20 years of our lives, we, I've preached all over the place. All over, and I'm not some great speaker, but I preached all over the place, and um, that's really what I am by heart. I'm an evangelist. I preach the streets. I preach, you know. So when I come here this morning, this is—it's like it's like my wife says to me, "You're so much different when you go to a different church." It's—it's it's like the gift. It just comes upon you, and you know that wow, this is really what God has called me to do. You know, I'm a church, but I have glass walls. I see outside the four walls, and you know what this church is—the same. I noticed when I came in, uh, Dennis, I'm going to say this, and I want to sound like a prophetic, but I want to encourage this church, that when I walked in here this morning, the greatest thing i seen was glass walls. i seen a church that looks outside these four walls. i seen a church that is not, con- not worried and concerned about what's happening in here. You're more concerned about what's happening out there. And when you focus and you're concerned about outside the four walls is when inside the four walls becomes a church of quality and a church that is dressed up. And the more you dress up and the more you become situated in where God has this body of Christ, the more God is going to facilitate the people that need to be here and the people that God is going to drive here. Why? Because there's a purpose and a plan for this church, for you, Pastor Dennis, for everybody that's sitting here, from the children's church leaders to people that are in this church to the mics and everybody else that serves. The greatest thing you could be, Mike, is somebody that carries a towel. What do I mean by that? That's a foot washer. The greatest gift is to carry a towel. Greatest thing about Jesus is he carried the towel. He wants to wash feet. The greatest thing about our ministry, our ministry, I never say I, it's always me, we. Once you say I, you're in trouble. (laughs) The greatest thing about our ministry is that we just want to wash feet. Next August 27th, we're doing a rock the block, I call it, out in Brackett Park in Bristol, Connecticut, where we're giving away 200 backpacks. Feeding 300 people, bicycle gives. You know, that's what we do in our church. We, we do what you guys do. You know, I seen this morning, you didn't even take an offering. I don't know how you work that on what you do here. I don't know if you give at the end or how you put a basket, people give it, they go. I don't know the, the scenario of what happens here. But you know, you know what that represents? Faith. It represents faith. It represents faith. You know what else that represents? Quality. And you might say, well, look, Pastor, that sounds like worldly words. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. There's quality in the body of Christ. I'm sorry if people are always making Christians to be the down here and paupers. Pop, uh, and my my father is the King of Kings. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> he owns everything that we have. He's got a God of quality. He's the best of the best of the best. You can't get any better than Jesus. Ah. Oh, he doesn't like to be lifted up like that, but I'm never going to keep bringing him down. I'm going to put him on a pedestal because that's where he belongs. He don't belong on the cross. He belongs at the right hand of the Father. And you know what happened when Stephen was being stoned? For the first time in the Bible, you read, as Stephen was being stoned, it said that Jesus stood the only time in the Bible, it says that the cloud skies opened, and he looked up, and Stephen seen Jesus stand. And he applauded Steve for being who you are. So this morning I want you to recognize that your Father in heaven and the Son of Jesus is standing over this church because of the call and the purpose over your lives. And he wants you to know, please don't forget to dress up. This morning, I'm not even going to do an altar call. I don't know if you do that. I don't know what anybody does. I'm just going to ask you to stand. Dennis, you want to close the service? Okay. Inside your heart, not with any hands up, not with any of that stuff. Inside your heart. If you feel like anything that I hit on this morning touched your life and has encouraged you, if you feel like you've gotten beaten up this morning, then please forgive me because that's not what this word was meant to do and the devil's a liar. This morning, this word was only to encourage, uplift, and love you and help you to identify the things in your life that you need to conquer the things in this world that every single day wants to take you out. We don't live in fear. We don't live in fear because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Because the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is bigger and better and powerful than any other thing. It says it's like the wind of the earth. It roams to and fro. And I want to let you know this morning that God wants to let you know that he would look down upon his church and he would say, well done, thy good and faithful servants. For humbling and understanding the fact that when I said, how many of us put on the armor of God and inside us, we were like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't, Uh uh-oh, I don't. And it's not a place to say, "Uh uh-oh, I don't. It's a place to say, God, help me to do so. That's not the uh uh-ohs. We're not uh uh-oh Christians. God's grace is sufficient. He did it all on the cross for us. Your steps are all ordered by God, but let them be ordered by God with the armor on. Let the armor of God help you to perceive the things in life that you, that wants to come against you daily. Uh, Dennis, can you come up here for a minute? I just want to just want to just pray something over you real quick. I just want to pray over this church. I, I, I look out this morning and I got to keep saying it. There's something, and I'm not. I don't know what anybody believes. I'm not trying to get prophetic here or anything like that, but there's something about to break in this house, and it's, supposed to, it's going to be awesome. I, I'm not just one of these guys that's coming in and telling, them, oh, this guy's out of his mind. I'm not one of these super spiritual guys. I'm really not. But I, I, when I feel something in my heart and in my spirit, I just know that when I look around, there's something about to happen in this church that's going to rock your world. I don't even know what it is or what's going on. I don't know anything that's happening or if anything is happening or if there's something in, in the midst of something or whatever, but I'm just letting you know. That after this message today and and when you begin to dress up, that this church is going to take a whole new meaning. It's going to take a whole new depth. There's going to be a whole new security. There's going to be a whole new, there's going to be a whole new sanctification. There's going to be a whole new strength. And it's when you walk through these doors, you're not going to come in as soldiers. You're going to come in as warriors. Let me say that again. You're not coming in as soldiers anymore. You're coming in as warriors. Warriors for Christ. Somebody that wants to go to battle and fight. Somebody that's ready and armed and let's say, come on, baby, bring it on. I'll give you two black guys and a fat lip right? That's what you are this morning. You're warriors. You're not soldiers. Forget soldiers. Soldiers, you're past that. God wants to take you to the level of warriors. And this morning, that's what God wants to do. And I just want to pray this morning. Father, we thank you for this church. We thank you, Father God, for this man that you put over this house. We thank you, Father God, that he's allowed me to come in and speak, this knucklehead, this man of God that you've called 25 years ago out of the worst lifestyle of the world. brought me to a place for 25 years to serve and understand the biblical principles of what you want in our lives Lord, we thank you for the armor of god there's a reason for it we thank you for the armor of god that you put in your word that we can dress up that you give us protection that you want us to wear it you want us to wear truth righteousness peace father you want us to wear the sword you want us to wear those things in our lives father god so we can be the battle and the warriors that you call this this church is a church of warriors and father it starts with the general. And, Father, I know sometimes we don't like to put people and, and put a uh, 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 perspective on, on, on leadership and this, that, and the other thing. But, Father, I thank you for this general. I'm going to say it. I thank you for this general. I thank you for this man of God that you called the heart of love. The heart of love for people. I thank you for his, his talent in worship, the anointing he brings in. I thank you for his love for me and my wife and for the ministry. I thank you, Father God, for this man and everything you're going to do through his life. I thank you for this time he had of peace and rest. I thank you, Father God, that you continue to establish this church to be a church of warriors. Father, what a blessing. Put your anointing and your blessing upon this church like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.